I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. It seems my co-hosts today are Holly, who's very loud, and Cupcake, who's very quiet, although she might purr. So you'll excuse me if they interrupt the show with questions. I'll be sure to translate. My friend Danielle Girard is here today. She is the award-winning and best-selling thriller novelist of the Dr. Schwartzman series, and she does some other books as well. But this is what we're here to talk about today. She's won a Barry and the R2 Reviews Choice Reviewers Choice Awards, and two of her titles have been optioned for movies. Yay! So Yay. the one. One thing I gleaned from from looking at Danielle's website is I've imagined monsters in the corner for as long as I can remember. And she's still looking for monsters. Welcome to Authors on the Air, Danielle. I'm so glad you're here. Yay, Pam. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back. Normally, we would see each other later this week in New York City at Thriller Fest. And I can't go this year. It was just a decision made today. So I'm looking to you to kind of carry the torch forward for me and That's make it. sure you say hello to everybody you. for me. You know, absolutely. I will, I will absolutely do my best. I mean, I don't I know, know nearly as many people as you do, but I promise I will send uh, I will send you love to the bunch and we will definitely miss you. Thank you. You just go to registration and pick up my badge and just tie it around, put it with your lanyard and just say, <laughs> I'm speaking for Pam. <laughs> that's, that's well, that might be dangerous, Pam, since you know what I'm capable of saying. But I, okay. I if I but I am too. It, this is what I'm right. saying. You know, right. we're, 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 we're you can say whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> hey, that's welcome right. back. I'm so glad you're Thank here. Thank you. How's everything oh, going too. with you? It's going great. You know, um, summer in Montana is a wonderful time. And, of course, yeah. I'm super, super excited because book four uh, of the Dr. Schwartzman series and the final book, Expire, is released tomorrow, July 9th. So that's I know. So exciting. The best it's day of the year. It's very exciting. It's very it exciting. Is. And you're getting some really good feedback from all the review sites, at least that I've seen, on this book. But, man, this one is really, really tense. I mean, <laughs> you know, it kind of yeah. grabbed me grabbed me by the chest and didn't let go. So I wanted well, to remind that's reviewers. Like, that's what you wanted it to do, I know. Yeah. I want remi- to remind listeners, the first book is Exeum. The second one is Excise. The next one is Exposed, and this one is called Expire. And this is Dr. Sh- the Dr. Schwartzman series, who I'm going to let Danielle tell you all about her. Go ahead. Um, well, uh, Annabelle Schwartzman is a medical examiner with kind of a haunted past. She has a, a husband who wouldn't let her leave, and she finally was able to escape him. But he is sort of the shadow over her shoulder uh, throughout the series, and, of course, in you know, in the beginning of Expire, she has been um, she's been locked in a cabin um, in rural Idaho, but not exactly by who she would have expected to be locked there by. So she's trapped and has to use, you know, her own wits to save herself. Uh, and that's where we start the book uh, Expire. And of course, because it is the 
season, you know, the finale of the series, um, we finally get the the conclusion between uh, Annabelle and her ex husband and, and Spencer, Spencer. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. I can't what happens, but I no, no, I know it. you can't. It it was believe me, I got it from your from your publicist. And I sat down and read it that night, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to get to sleep, you know, <laughs> because it. W- I finished it, but it was just so, so suspenseful, and I had my heart pounding the whole time. Congratulations on uh, the wrap of a Thank really you. terrific series. Gee, when did Thank we speak you. last? I mean, when, other than we see each other, I think it was after the first one, was it, the last time we talked? Yeah, I it was, it, you know, it definitely was, it was after the first or the second. And to be honest right. with you, I, you know, what I remember was that you had Wi-Fi problems and we kept getting disconnected. But, right, um, right. But of course. But what a wonderful chat. And I think you're right. I think it might have been the first one. So that's been, you know, three years ago. I can believe I know. it. No, I can't. Now, um, you also have the Rookie Club book. Is that trilogy done or is there more than so the rookie? Yeah, the rookie club right. series actually has five five completed ah, books, um, okay. and they are done. Those those books. Um, that's a and they're it is a, it's a loose series. Uh, each book sort of features one of the rookies in the the right. which is a group of San Francisco police officers who kind of grew up together, women officers, and so each book features one of them. It. Um, it isn't so much a strict series. You could kind of pick up with whoever ever one you right. want um, right. first. But, yes, yeah, those are all done. And then I have, the, I have four standalone books that came uh, before any of those. Those are my original, um, my original books with Penguin Putnam when I, a long time ago. <laughs> I'm going to date myself if I tell you how, yo- how young I was. But it was 2000 when my first book came out. So that's a long time ago. That's wonderful. Well, you know, but you've been busy. I mean, you've been really busy. And I know that you already have um, a working title for the next one, which is Cold as Ice, right? I don't know if it's going to stay that way. Yeah, Cold as Ice will be the first book in the new series, and it's slated uh, I think for about this exact time next year, July of 2020. Yep, July 7th. Uh-huh. Yep. And um, that book is the first book I've ever set outside the Bay Area. And it's actually set in uh, a, a fictitious town in North Dakota called Hagen, North Dakota. So it's it's got a lot of that everybody has a secret. Um, yes. Kind of a small, small town, but still, you know, still my... I still have the penchant for high drama and uh, real dark edges. <laughs> Danielle, when you sit down to write, are you as excited as when you wrote the first one or more excited? Um, I'm, you know, it's funny. I, I, I start every book totally excited and completely terrified and almost in equal parts. Um, and I, I'm, I actually just turned in, you know, Cold as Ice is the draft of it is done. And I'm actually, I have another book I kind of want to write before I write the second book of that series. And I'm, I just started it like two nights ago. Um, and I, I got out of bed at like midnight. I couldn't sleep. And I went down to the basement and um, started working. And I was, you know, mostly excited in the, when I'm writing. And then I think the terror sets in kind of between time at the computer. When you start to think, oh, God, can I really do this again? Can I pull it off? Am I good enough? Um, 
I, I mean, maybe that I don't know that everyone feels that way. Certainly, if you talk to um, when I have conversations with Lee Child and Harlan Coben, they don't right. They don't ever indicate that they're terrified. But um, I'm sure it happens to everybody in in some way. But for me, it is, and maybe the terror is what keeps me in line. You know, it's it's what makes me yeah. sharp because I'm like. Well, Oh, I'm well, really that and a, dead, so that and a deadline, you know. <laughs> deadline will also yeah, whip you into right. shape too. <laughs> yeah, the deadlines. You know, the deadlines. I try to, I try to keep in advance of them because they do really. I think they can really mess with your head too. Yeah. So yeah. If like, you get, get it done two months because you don't want to cram, you don't want to cram no, for deadline no. because then it's crap that you're laying down on the page, right? Pretty, yeah. Pretty much, it just it for me that. That writing, it's not even the writing under pressure. If I know what I'm going to write, then writing under pressure is no problem. But if I don't know the plot of my story, plotting under pressure is impossible. I really, really struggle with that. So I now, don't want to have to do that under pressure. Do you whiteboard or outline before you get started, you know even I, in a lo- I, loosely? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. You do. Um, I have done outlines, and the, my new thing is these. I do an outline, but then I do note cards, and I, uh-huh. I, you know, I write. If I have any scene ideas or a plot point or something that I want to work in, I put sure. it on a note card and kind of shuffle them around, and then I keep a pile of what I call things to not forget about. You know, which is as you're writing, yeah, yeah. Book, I'll shuffle through those every few days and be like, oh yeah. She hurt her ankle. Make sure her ankle still hurts. You know, because you get into a new scene and all of a sudden she's walking and you think, she can't walk. Yes. She hurt her ankle. So those kinds yes. of things, it, it helps you kind of be, you know, not – and and your edit, my editors, of course, incredible. My editor, my editor at um, Amazon, Jessica Tribble, is like sharp as a tack. And she'll yes. pack those things. But you don't you, – I would prefer it if she doesn't have to, right? I'd prefer it if I, sure. if I caught it myself. But- you know what I noticed? Um, because there's people think there are not as many books being published as there used to be by traditional houses, and they're absolutely wrong. There are. There there yeah. are just and and what I have found is that just like you mentioned, you know, last chapter she stumbled and twisted her ankle and you know, an hour or two later she's walking just fine. That pulls me out of a story. Danielle. Of course, and, of course it does. Of me too. I can I forgive it if it's just. I can forgive it if it's just one mistake, but then I'm on the hunt for other things that are going to uh-huh. make me crazy. I, I don't. I don't I know. Like, it. you know, like if you're walking in a crowd and you get bumped one time, and your purse falls down. You're gonna. You know, you don't think the guy's going to come back and bump you again, but you hold your purse a little tighter to you, just That's in right. case. Yeah, you're more vigilant. So, That's right. Yes. Yes. So when I'm reading and I see things like that, that are not consistent, what I've read. And let me tell you something. I can write a, my own phone number down and get the numbers backwards. But when I'm reading a book and, and generally I'm reading a galley or, you know, a Kindle file. Right. Right. I pick that stuff up right away and it makes me nuts. The other thing I noticed in your writing is your dialogue really differentiates your characters. So in other oh. words, when, when I know that Dr. Schwartzman is talking, I don't have you, I don't need you to say 
and Dr. Schwartzman said this, you know, and this, and and Spencer said that it, it's because the tone and the vocabulary is so different that, yeah. um, you, you know, it's I notice it immediately. And well, and I, if I, I, lo- I really appreciate that because I love that in in books where you know, and Dr. Schwartzman has a very specific expertise. So when yes. Hal you know, her, her partner asked the question, his, he doesn't, you know, he knows more about lots of things, but not certainly the things in the morgue. So it's nice right. when you, it makes sense that she sounds more educated about those things because she is, and she's, you know, she's a little more uptight and he's a more playful. And so they have their, you know, I think dialogue is the place. I mean, I know you can, how they act also, but really dialogue seems to me to be the best place to show people's personalities. Cause we are kind of what we say and you know how we say it. That's, of that's course, how we get each other you know, cues in real life too. Of course, and when she's talking to him, of course, men and women are going to have different, you know, yeah. the, the 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 nuance of their voice, the timbre, the yeah. tone of their voice, and so to me, that's really important. If I have to go back and look and say, oh, that's where this thread was going, and I can't figure out who it is. I'm I'm almost predisposed to think the rest of it's going to be crap because it'll sound like one person is talking, whether it's in first person or third. And, and I, I want to hear the characters in the book. Yeah, I, I, it's important to me too, and I love yeah, it. I, I love it when it's done well. Yeah, I, I so I really notice that a lot, and you know, Thank you. I I got to go back and read the other ones and get caught up with myself again. Uh, but when I was reading this, it was really obvious to me that you took your time with dialogue. Now, do you ever read your dialogue out loud or have someone read it to you? I I do read it. I read dialogue out loud almost Good. always. Not always Great. in the first round. Um, but I also, you know, I think I'm an auditory person, so I tend to hear things. I also kind of hear it when I'm writing it. So yes. I think that helps the dialogue. I would never, I can't even listen to my, you know, Audible. My books are all on Audible. It's <laughs> wonderful. And I love Audible. But if I had to listen to my book on Audible, I think I'd, you know, claw my eyes out. I just, um, there's something about you. you know what your intention is. You know what your intention is for the dialogue. You know what's funny is um, I was over on the southeast coast of Florida at a book signing like probably two weeks from each other. One was for Robert Crace and the other was for Jeff Deaver. And Robert Crace was first. And he actually read from one of his Elvis and, and Joe Pike books. And it Fun. was so cool for me to listen to it because his voice, the creator of Elvis and Joe, was so different from the way I heard them in my head. You know, it was right, so different. Right. And then... When when Jeff was reading, and I just saw him last weekend in, at Mystery Fest Key West, he does a very different kind of a read. He does not do that kind of, um, you know, he doesn't read from the book. But I really like when writers read from their books because it informs me of what they think their characters sound like and how they think they sound like and what they should sound right. like. Even though I know you leave it up to your reader's discretion, it's always interesting to me to hear that. So if anybody asks you to read, by all means do it, okay? Because <laughs> uh, your, your dialogue is I'll exceptional. Like, Sam told me I have to read, so I will read. Absolutely. There you go. No, I, I now really enjoy it. I, 
I do. I mean, it's a little awkward. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm impersonal. I'm a little awkward, but I suppose a lot of writers are. So it's not, uh, I do enjoy it. And I, and I, you know, when the book's out and you're in a, with a group of people, there's always that scene that you, you know, remember writing late at night or came to late at night or there's some, you know, it's one of those scenes that just, you thought, oh my God, this is brilliant. And that's always right. a fun moment to get to share. Um, uh-huh. You know, in that, in the, a hundred thousand words. We're talking, you know, maybe you know, five thousand words of like, oh, this was so brilliant. But um, <laughs> but it's fun to take right? those. I mean, there, you know, yeah. you hope in the end the whole book stands on its own. But there are those moments, these tiny scenes, um, that just really stand out. And I um, I ha- I can still remember the the scene in my ver- in Savage Art, which was my very first book, um, and it was the scene at a basketball uh, Oakland. Um, well, a Warriors basketball game. They were they were when they were in Oakland, which they're still in Oakland, but they're moving to San Francisco. But um, and it was a, a, a the lead police detective's son goes to the bathroom and doesn't come back out, and so when he goes in, the kid the kid is you can't find his kid anywhere. Anyway, the kid shows up wearing a birthday hat, which is this killer's you know mo. And there's that moment when I thought of the scene and the I can see the police detective seeing his son again with that hat on. It's just like, I can still get chills. And that book came out in 2000, you know? Wow. So that's really, fun. that's powerful. Yeah. That's really yeah, powerful. So fun. Well, well, let's talk about first book to current book. Um, do you notice changes in your writing style? Um, and also, do you notice changes in your approach to writing? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm better. Um, you know, I think that Malcolm Gladwell always says it takes 10,000 hours to be an ex- right. you know, sort of an expert. Thing. And I think right. I certainly wasn't that savage art. I, I think I probably hit that somewhere, um, you know, maybe in the last three or four books. But um, so I definitely think I'm a little more patient, which, I, you know, does not come naturally. Um, and mm-hmm. that makes me better as well. And I think that's part of the process, too. You know, I... I now know that if I can't force the moment, I can't force the the thing, the you know next thing to come to me. I have to give it time. I have to keep that in my mind and walk around the house and stare out the windows and you know pull weeds or do whatever it is that that takes my mind off of it, but doesn't really take my focus. You know, because that's when sure. sort of resolutions to problems come. So patience is a big one, and then practice. I write. When I'm in the middle of a book, I really try to write six days a week. I know some people can do it seven, but I always have one day where I just am an utter loaf and I do nothing. So you have to. I try to yeah. Do it. yeah, I try to do it every day because I think that keeps you in it too. And I have the yes. luxury to do that because I write full time. And in the beginning, you know, I had a full time job um, and a couple babies, <laughs> so it made it a lot harder to be consistent. Sure. But it's a great job for a single mom. It's a great job for a mom, you know, writing at home. Yeah, <laughs> probably. If, if children I mean, are in school. Yeah. <laughs> if your kids are yeah. in school. When, so the, when they're infants when they're or really teenagers, really maybe hard. not. <laughs> infants and right. teenagers well, don't count. Cause, oh, because they're not real people then and then in, uh, <laughs> and at teenage age. <laughs> they they well, morph back into something. <laughs> yeah, you're not Jeez, a real I'm sure them either. You're like you're just the person who fills their bank accounts and you know sends right. in the forms Makes, and does the laundry. Oh, 
my kids are fabulous. There's a lot. Oh, right. I actually, you know, the nice thing about teenagers is you say, I'm not doing your laundry anymore. I'm not doing your laundry. I'm not doing your dishes. You guys are, you know, I make the meals and you do the cleanup. And so there are some benefits. But, no, I'm just teasing. I do love – my kids are amazing. And I have always – the writing's always – I've always been able to figure out a way to make it work. But it's it, – you know, it was a lot more piecemeal um, yeah, when, they were, I'm sure. when they were littler. And that's – I think every parent, you know – I mean, everybody goes through that, that stage sure. of children. It's just, you got to be patient with that, too. Yes. Um, what's next for you? I know you've, you're finishing up um, – the next one due in July 2020. Anything happening in between? We were going to see each other in Thriller Fest. You're going to stand in my place. And I we am. always see each other at the cocktail party, the opening night cocktail party. And do you I realize know. this is going to be the I won't see you. And I, I don't know what to do about that. I'm really upset because so you're usually the first I person know. I see. <laughs> I think you're I think you're so good to be home with your kitty cat who's sick. But I am um, – I'm really disappointed, Pam, and I, I'm going to be, I am going to say, I'm going to get to the registration table and say, Pam would like me to take her, um, you know, her lanyard her and her drink ticket yes. to hand them out to the people at the party. Um, Absolutely. But I know, well, we'll, say, we'll post pictures and we'll yes, tag please you do. in them. Please so do. Can, Just like yeah. hold up a sign, hold up my lanyard or something <laughs> and say, see, Pam's here in spirit, even though her yeah. cat's office is, is babysitting her sick cat. Um, I know. <laughs> All right, let's play final. Well, right Are you ready? Thing. It's the right thing to Five do. Five quick questions, oh, quick okay, answers. For, for what's, yeah, for what's, for what's coming yes. up next, um, I do have the book. I have the sequel to Cold as Ice, um, and I have some ideas for that. But I, I, I did get kind of a just a little tickle in my brain about a book, um, which I'm going really? to I'm gonna try to write first. So we'll see how this goes. I, no promises. Oh. But by July of next year. There will be another book, but I have this just kind of a a standalone book idea. Um, I and love I'm, gonna, it. I'm, you know, when when the ideas are exciting, you just you just go with them and until they're, you know, either books are and, not exciting anymore or not. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so I, here's one thing I want to ask you though before we get on to the final five. Um, there has been a lot of talk about women who write thrillers, and you know. Are they as good as guys and all that kind of nonsense? Well, I want you to know I went to um, Amazon's top 100 books, and in th- in the top 100 books, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, all, the top 15 of the top 100 are all written by women. So, um, which begs the question, <laughs> why, why do people think that women can't write thrillers? Is it still a male-dominated game, Danielle? I, I actually don't really think it's a male-dominated game. I think, there's a, I think we do have a tendency to write different types of thrillers, and that's, that's broad strokes. I always, this is what I think of when I think of a male thriller, I think of The Road, which is not exactly a thriller, but, you know, it's Cormac McCarthy's book, right. but post-apocalypse. Right. It's the right. darkest, most awful book. I mean, it's a wonderful book. Sorry, Cormac, I didn't mean it. It's the hardest book I've ever ha- I've ever read. Right. And I felt like, I felt like when that mother left, 
I was like, that's the first time I thought, no way. A woman would never have written this book because if I, if my child was still alive, I would never have left him. You know what I mean? I would have, I would have either, I mean, this is, you know, these are dark days. So if I wanted to die, I would have killed my son first and then killed myself. Or I would have stayed alive until he, you know, until we were both in a place where we would have to die. So I felt like when she walked out, that was a totally unrealistic mother behavior. So then I Except thought, that, so that is a trope that is used often in romance so, and in women's fiction. So, you know, I don't, I, is that really valid? Let me present you with I don't know. That's just my, that is my, like, that's my gut reaction about, that was the thing that said to me that a woman didn't write this. What do, what do you mean? When women leave their children? Yeah. It's, it's a, a very common, trope. it's a very common trope in, in romance and romantic suspense. Let me, well, pause this. Don Winslow Who's been writing about the cartel? Is that a women's? Would a woman write a book like that? I mean, I, I think she could for sure. I mean, look, I mean, maybe she have a different spin on it. I mean, you know, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Some. I think I guess what I was saying with that is, it seems to me that there are in the books there are things that I feel like men that is I wouldn't do. I I wouldn't have made that choice, and yet that man's character makes that one that man's female character makes that choice. Right, right. So that makes me feel like that book is maybe out of touch with me as a like as a woman. But then again, yeah. flip it over, I might write something that my like that Hal does that um you know um, that Cormac McCarthy would be like no way, right? No man right, right, right. man wouldn't do that. So then it becomes just an issue of, like, how you present your characters. In terms of, you know, the subject matter or the grit, I mean, you know, Val McDermott is one of the darkest writers around. Yes, true. She's She's amazing. So, yeah, I I know. Um, So I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like it's necessarily, like, it's grit. I just feel like sometimes the characters feel more off or more on. And some, I think some men male female characters and some women male male characters. And there's a lot of, um, you know, there's plenty of crossover. I don't think it's male. I don't think it's male dominated. I do wonder what, not anymore. You know, what readers think. I wonder, I do wonder if readers take that into account. I don't know that. You know, do they say, Oh, this is a book by a man. I don't know. Because to me, you know, I'm constantly being introduced to new writers all the time, and I feel very blessed right. that I right. get to read new stuff all the time. Um, right. And sometimes I don't care who's the name on the book. I'm reading stuff of writers I've never met before, and particularly right. if they just use initials. And I'm not the type of person to even go to the synopsis on the back of a book or look at an author synopsis. I go right from page, the very first page, I read through the copyright when it's published. I read all of that stuff. I know it sounds crazy, but that's how I learned to read. So, um, and yeah, no, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't sound crazy. I, mean, I agree. I read, I mean, if somebody recommends a book, um, you know, I'll, I'll read it. I, you know, without knowing kind of if we're talking about a male author or a female author, yeah, um, it doesn't make a huge difference to me. And you know, I just read um, DJ DJ Palmer's um, Danny Palmer's book. You know, uh-huh. Danny. He, you know, yes. Saving Megan, and that's written. Yes. That's a mother's point of view. And I think right. he, I think he does a real. He nails it. So 
there's right. an example of, you know, somebody writing in an opposite perspective who did, I thought did a great job. So I don't know so that anyway, it's POV I, you know, for me, but I do, I do think, and, and I rate you right up there, is one of the best thriller writers around. And I think oh, women are just knocking it out of, out of the park the same way tra- yes. traditionally men did. And by the same token, interestingly enough to me, some of the newest and the best science fiction and fantasy, er, both urban and, and past fantasy, are being written by women. So watch out, guys. That's, that's super fun. We're, well, we're, I don't read a we're, lot of those. We're genres, taking over. I, <laughs> I, that's right. Women, well, I think we're holding our own for sure. And I love yeah. to hear that. And, you know, and I support, uh, I obviously support, especially, I, I, I don't want any woman author to ever think, I'm not sure if I can write this book because I'm a woman. Yeah. We, we shouldn't have that thought anymore. No. That's, you might that, that has nothing thought. to do with it. Can, right. Right. I don't know if I can write this book. I have that thought all the time. But it's right. not necessary. You know, it's not because I'm a woman. It's because, oh, God, I'm starting over. Can I do this again? You know, <laughs> can I pull another one off? Right. Exactly. Danielle, tell everybody where they can find you on the web and in social media. Yes, um, please visit me. Um, DanielleGerard.com is my email, uh, my website. And actually, if you go to my newsletter page, there is a free short story, um, a rookie club short story called Too Close to Home. Uh, that's a free download there, so please check that out. And I am at Danielle Gerard Books on Instagram and author Danielle Gerard on Facebook and Danielle One Gerard on Twitter. I'm kind of a terrible Twitter or Twitter, but I'm I trying to get too. better. But you know what? Here's what I figured out. You can link whatever you post on Facebook to your Twitter account, and then you never have to worry about it. Because if I had to go and tweet, I mean, as it is, I have to go and, like, find out who's sharing stuff and say thank you. Yeah, there's a way to do it. So there's your hint, girlfriend. Um, This is Danielle Danielle Girard. She is an award-winning author, um, and her book is called Expire. Please, you can find her books everywhere and once you finish reading it and find out how fabulous she is then go to amazon and put five stars on there and say oh my god danielle gerard is one of the best thriller authors i've ever read and that's all you have to say right well bravo absolutely pam you're the best thank you so much and thank you danielle for being with me tell everyone i said hello and you and i are going to talk again soon listeners thanks for being with me and thank you mom and dad i'll see you later bye later pam bye 